Amber. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. And today we're going to be discussing the sixth episode of the fourth season of Supernatural titled Yellow Fever. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so top of the episode, we have to acknowledge how the title the title is and the fetishization aspect of it. I'm going to assume that's not what they were going for with it. No, I assume that because yellow fever itself is an actual disease, mm. um, and then yellow, obviously, like you have like the synonym of like yellow bellied is like like full of fear or yeah, like cowardly, cowardly. So I assume that that's what they were going for. And whether or not the term, like, yellow fever was a prominent term at the time, or Mm. if it's come out since then, or how it worked. However, it's also an Andrew Darb episode. It's Mm. actually his first episode. And he has episodes down the track, one called, like, Hi There, Tiger Mummy, or something like that. It's something Tiger Mummy. Big yes. Which is along the same vein uh, of racism. So... Who knows, really? <laughs> but either way, it is not not cool. It is big yikes. It's big yikes. Anyway, moving on, because that's not what we're focusing on this episode. We actually have to talk about the actual episode. Yeah, but we wanted to just get that sort of out of the way, just top of the episode. Yes. Not a good title. They could rename it. It, it would not detract no. from the episode itself if they just renamed it. Absolutely not. Okay, I think I'm going to go straight into my PSA for this week. Oh, okay. What do you think it is, Beth? I actually don't have a guess. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't think about one for this episode. I was really distracted by just the episode itself. Mm. Um, I guess don't be a bully. No. All right, well, that's my guess. What, what's your PSA? My PSA is obey the speed limit and be a responsible driver. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. I'm not going to do a right-hand turn until I'm coming... Or, no, a left-hand turn for Americans. Americans yeah. yeah. I'm not going to do a left-hand turn into oncoming traffic. I'm not suicidal. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, solid PSA. Okay, that's out of the way. Now I want to talk about what I really want to talk about, which is, I was fucking right. I was fucking right. I was fucking right. <laughs> I was, like, 110% right. I was I was right about something that wasn't even fucking prompted. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, what if Sam's different because time passes differently in hell? Yeah. I now have confirmed time passes differently, differently in hell. hell. Yeah, so your whole, like, ratio thing that we were discussing, like, oh, I don't know, like, maybe, like, a week is a year. I was like, well, a week, like, a month is ten years, so I guess. I didn't think it'd be quite that drastic. Yeah. But, like, also. Yeah, so we find out that Dean not only spent four months in hell, he not only remembers that entire four months in hell, but that four months is actually... Four decades. Well, at least, like, it felt like four decades to him. Yeah. In, like, the time... Yeah. Yeah, comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Dean spent 40 years in hell. Which means, I guess, comparatively, if Sam was dead for, like, 12 hours, he spent, like, what, a week? Like... Yeah. Like... Like, (laughs) it could still... Like, there is no reason to believe that it wouldn't hold... Like, let's actually do some math. Oh, math on Jesus, we know we know that this is not my strong suit. So I'll let okay, you so take the lead. One month equals ten years. Yes. Say so thirty days in a month. Mm-hmm. By average. By average. Okay, so each day in hell is roughly 0.3 of a year. So like four months. Right. So Sam, theoretically, if when he died at the end of season two, if he went to hell, he was there for what, like a month? 
Well, he was dead for, what, 12 hours? Yeah. Which is half a day. Yeah. So, like, two months. Oh, two months. Yes, yeah. Just over. Two and a bit months. All right. So, does that change anything in your theorization, or are you still sticking to... I'm you just, just it's just like compounding evidence. Yeah, this okay. is just like compounding it. Like if if that is actually what's happening, like sure, okay. <laughs> I have nothing else to add other than like, oh well, no, this actually proves that at least one aspect of the assumptions that I had made for that theory yeah. is correct. Yeah. So there's probably like three different things that fall into this theory. Mm-hmm. One that he was dead, and when he was dead, he went to hell. Yeah which we don't know for certain whether he was in hell or not. Mm-hmm. I would argue that he was in hell because of his demon blood. Yeah. It seems unlikely that... He would go anywhere else. He would go anywhere else. Two, his time in hell changed him mm-hmm. or amplified something about his demon blood, which is why he appears different when he got back. Yeah. And three, that time passes differently in hell so that he had more time in hell for which these changes could occur... If one and two were correct, then three was a compounding factor. Yeah. So now knowing that three is correct. It's like, okay, well, one of my three aspects has been confirmed as correct. Mm -hmm. There's still two things that could be wrong. Yeah. But. Guess we'll wait and see. Like, one of them has been confirmed. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. We've talked a lot, because of Mystery Spot. Yes. And Sam's, like, extra six months and, like, his hundred and however many Tuesdays. Yeah. Right. Now, Dean has spent more time in hell than he has spent alive. (laughs) He's like... Press F to pay your respects. (laughs) He's like canonically emotionally, if we're including the way that we included Sam's extra six months and stuff, we we decided that he hadn't aged, obviously physically, but emotionally and intellectually, he has still aged, right? Which makes Dean like 70. He may be, like, 70, but he's also developmentally stunted because, yes, he spent 40 years in hell, so mentally he's 40 years older. Mm-hmm. But those 40 years in hell... Torture. Torture. I'm going to assume that there is no reprieve in hell. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that every single second of those 40 years was fucking misery because we've yeah. already established their misery is the point. point. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love that you're quoting Supernatural to back up your argument about Super. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> this is all I ever wanted from you. <laughs> so even, like, yes, he would be mentally 70, but, like, also 40 of those years, I don't know if you can really count them as mm-hmm. being, like, at least emotional maturity because you can't really develop anything when you're getting co- tortured constantly yeah. for 40. Like, yeah. development doesn't really happen. Okay. Because the reason I ask is because I was going to say, do we count this towards his cumulative age or not? Because we decided we did with Sam. Yeah, but the difference is in that, you know, year of Tuesdays or whatever. Yeah. Not every moment of that was... No. Abject fucking... Okay, cool. I just, I wanted to check. So I think, yes, we count it technically to his canonical age. Yeah. But we also just understand the caveat that he's not going to be in the same emotional and mental state that a typical person of similar age would be in yes because again i just i don't think like living your life is different from being stuck in hell and tortured for 40 years well at least i hope living your life is better than being stuck in hell and tortured for 40 years Mm -hmm. okay how are we feeling in general just knowing that dean was in hell for 40 years bearing in mind when he went to hell he wasn't even 30 yet 
Look, I hate that for him. Yeah, <laughs> fucking same. <laughs> but I will say the fact that he has survived 40 years in hell mm-hmm. and is still relatively sane. Functional, <laughs> yeah. Astounding. Yeah. And he's not talking to anyone about this. No. And we've seen him having nightmares of hell. Repression man. Repression boy, exactly. But like he's no, he's man now. He's almost seventy. <laughs> he's earned that title. <laughs> no, like yeah, he's still denying to Sam that he even remembers hell. Bobby too, I would assume. Although I feel like maybe Bobby has more of an inkling mm. than Sam does, just because Dean hides so much from Sam, and I feel like Bobby maybe sees through it a bit more. And also, all Sam's ever known as Dean hiding stuff from Sam. Exactly. Yeah. And not, like, like stuff that he thinks would be a burden on Sam. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Dean's a better father than trying to be just. Exactly. Exactly. And we've talked about this a million times, but... I literally made a Twitter post about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 40 years. Mm. It's uh, literally longer than he's been alive. But no, the fact that he didn't break, maybe something funky's happening with Dean, too. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Some so... sort of blessing, some sort of gift, some sort of... Though I don't know if not going insane and is necessarily a blessing or a gift because it means that you're more aware of the torture as they're torturing you, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, if you have, say, a psychotic break or something and you disassociate, you get maybe a tiny bit more space because that's your body sort of, like, functionally putting something between you and the torture. Yeah. Whereas, like, if your mind doesn't do that, you are more likely to have... Be more aware of yeah, the exact more situation. Yeah, aware of the exact situation. Mm-hmm. But no, the angel's chosen one. Yeah. Like, fucking... Sam's the boy king. The fucking prince of hell or some shit. Like, the... Yeah. The little fucking... <laughs> I'm just imagining your baby Sam in a crown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I imagine... Like, it's like a royal family, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of just, like, having children, because demons can't have, a, have children. Like, yeah. the way the bloodline continues is they, like... They infect someone like they infect a child with demon blood. Yeah. Right. So, yes, there are generations. It's just Azazel's the first generation who ever did it on a bunch of kids and then made mm. them battle it out. Yeah. So, like, yes, there's been because like they, they've known that this is the way it works for ages. Yeah. And so it's like most of the time they just choose like a single child and then they groom them to become the you know the new member of the royal family, the new fucking prince, yeah. the new princess. Like, yeah. And so Azazel's the first one who was like, hmm. Let's make this on, like, mass production Let's level. do yeah. it on a larger scale and then actually... Cull them. Use merit <laughs> to decide who's the better one. Because, like, what happens if you infect a baby? That's just the shit fucking ruler. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. it's, now, it's now a complex fucking royal family. Like, they're just, like, you know, Azazel was the sitting king of hell or whatever and like he was realizing you know he's not a spring chicken anymore he wants to retire <laughs> so to retire he has to like create a new heir to take over the throne from him that's certainly an interesting theory i'm i'm looking forward to watching the rest of the next couple seasons play out i think it's going to be very fun to keep talking about this with you i do want to divert it's not fully away from this topic. Oh, you mean you don't want me to go on a, like, 20 minute long rant about this like <laughs> I did when I realised that, you know, the fucking trickster has to be an angel. He, he manipulated time. He's an angel. Jamie, Only angels can manipulate time. Are you going to bring this up every episode from now until the end of time? 
Yes, because it's clearly doing your head in, and that's the whole point of this podcast. Oh. It's like fucking you being like, I'm going to torture you with this, and me being like, uh-uh, Uno You're reverse. Like, Uno. <laughs> I was going to make the same joke. Same brain. Oh, I love that for us. No, I want to talk about Dean's hell trauma. We don't, yeah. like, only in, like, a very brief yeah. sense because we don't we don't actually know specifically what happened to him mm. i remember talking to you like a few episodes back now about how it's like the nebulous torture i don't remember which episode it was but we were talking about the concepts of heaven and hell and how at this sort of point in the series they're more conceptual mm. they're not really like places you can just sort of go with the characters they're just sort of yeah concepts right and abstract ones at that and so this is sort of uh, a good example uh, when we get flashbacks to Dean's like experiences with torture and you really only see him and you see that it's red and you see that there's blood and there's screaming like that's kind of all you get this episode in particular I find it really interesting like you see what like scares the characters throughout before you hear about what scared the first victim and then you see what's scaring the, the cop in this episode by the way very quick mention um, the continuing theme of ACAB throughout this whole series thus far but while we were talking about the cop, I also just want to say him slathering on hand sanitizer was everybody at the beginning of the panini. Literally, right? And then when he started coughing, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly hits different yeah. since the worldwide pandemic. Exactly. So with the different people having different fears, like we see the cop having, like, he sees himself saying, like, they know, like, they know what you did, because that's his, like, biggest fear, right? That secret that he has. Getting found out that 20 years ago, he just let someone get away with murder casually because his wife was missing. Like, that's not a good excuse for murder. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally... We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that, because I have fucking thoughts. But I want to talk about how, of everything that Dean has had happen to him in his life that we've seen... The thing that he hallucinates is the hellhounds. Like, he hears hellhounds and he sees Lilith. Mm. And I just... And like and he, he sees Sam possessed by Azazel. Yeah, which at the very end of the episode, when he sees Sam's eyes flash yellow, like when he's talking just after Bobby's left, I'm like, oh, we, we're going to... Look, this episode has a lot. Mm. I feel like it's going to end up being a long one. There is just so much here. But, yeah, I just, I just wanted to point out that, like, the thing that would scare him enough to, like, kill him is the thought of Hell House, the thought of going back to hell, because it's Lilith taunting him with going back to hell. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hearing the hounds at the door, and it's, you know... Also, my favourite thing that he hallucinates when he's reading... The book. And the book literally <laughs> just... A loser. I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, you're dying again, loser. Yeah, I... Every time. Like, it's like, you're dying and you're like, ooh, ominous. And then it's again. And you're like, ha <laughs> And then it's like, loser. <laughs> it's, it's just so fucking funny. Very quickly, before we move on to anything else, I do just want to um, touch on the fact this is an Andrew Dial episode. Is is actually his first. Ooh. So I think now you've had an episode from every writer who becomes showrunner. Okay. Just, just for the sake of, like, we've tracked the others. Like, obviously, we've... We're tracking Kripke. Yeah. Uh, we've had a bunch of Gamble episodes. We have a few Carver. Um, and now we've got... So what Dub. was the first Carver episode? Do you know? Off the top of your head? That's Ooh. maybe asking a lot. You are meant to be the expert, though, so... Carver's first episode was Sin City. 
Okay. Yeah. So he did the one of what you've seen. Carver did Sin City, A Very Supernatural Christmas, Mystery Spot, mm-hmm. Long Distance Call, and In the Beginning. Okay. So he's done a fair few. A very mixed bag, though. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, we remember a lot of gambles. We've talked about hers a lot. And obviously, Sarah Gamble Long Gun. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously, Kripke. And now you've got Darb as well. So that's, yep. that's the set. That's the that's set. That's all the showrunners. So having seen no eras other than Kripke, I will now rank them. <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's actually... Okay. So look, I have to put Darb last because I've only seen one of his episodes. Yeah. It was good, but it wasn't particularly like, oh my God, I love that. Not process. to get into your rating at this Not point Not to get into podcast, my rating at this but, point yeah. of the podcast, but like, it was fine. It was fine. No, I haven't seen any range from him yet, you know? Yeah. Then probably... Ooh, this might be controversial. I haven't seen the eras, so you cannot. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you okay. have your opinion, and we'll come back to it. Okay. So Darb at the bottom. Yeah. Then Kripke. Okay. And then Carver, then Sarah Gamble. I reckon that's a hot take. We're going to come. I'm going to leave the this two in. that I'm debating the most are Carver and Sarah Gamble. Okay. Because Carver has done some of the ones that I really enjoyed. Like, Mystery Spot is iconic. Yeah. Like, A Very Supernatural Christmas. Yeah. Weird as fuck, but iconic. Right. Like... But we're going to put Kripke second last. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe it's just because he... He's, because he's the showrunner, he doesn't really have time to write on a regular basis. So he only really gets the big, important, like, season finale ones that he really writes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like... I haven't really gotten a vibe for what he's like as an actual writer. Yeah, you don't know because, what you do as a filler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whereas the others, I can like judge by filler episode, which is like my favorite type of episode. Okay, cool. You know? We'll come back to that yeah. at a later day. I think that's going to be very fun it's to reflect take. on. It's, it's it's quite a hot take. <laughs> do, um, do you want to rank your favorite? No, because I'm finding that my opinions are changing as I do a rewatch. So, okay. And because I have future context, I'm going to wait. But you're at the same point I am at the moment in your rewatch. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's hard. I can't separate. Oh, okay. I can't separate. It's too hard. So. Okay. And I already had enough people come for me when I said that I didn't love season 11. So <laughs> I'll refrain. Okay. I think. Look at that self-control. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Oh, we were talking about how this is the first episode the Darbs are. Oh, yes, yes. So did you have any did you have any thoughts at all just based on him being like a new writer? As I said, like it's fine. Like it, yeah. it's a fun episode, but it, it didn't I watched Bad Day of Black Rock, right? Yeah. And I was like, this shit fucking slaps. Yeah. Like the you know, the three pairs and like it follows and there's like the mirroring and the symmetry and like everything just falls into place and like the timing's impeccable and like yeah. it feels like a Rube Goldberg machine that episode yeah. and I really I really like that I really like that it's sort of like this thing here happens so that happens over there and then this happens and then that happens and then you know things that are a blessing are also a curse yeah so I I really I really enjoyed that episode and I was like yeah that's this one was like it's fine it probably it it's probably like on par with, like, I don't know, a mystery spot or something for me. Uh, That's certainly the... This is certainly one of the comedy episodes. Yeah, that, or maybe yeah. even, um, like, um, fucking what is and what should never be. It's a fun episode, but it doesn't appeal to me in the way that other episodes have. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, no, I get that. You're watching Leverage now. You sort of understand what I like in a vibe. Yeah. So, like, the vibe is not what I gravitate towards. And it was... It's a good episode, but it's just not, like, something that I walked out thinking, like, Hell yeah. Okay. 
you know? Yeah, no, that's that's fine. I just, I wanted to ask, because it is the first episode that we have from Darb, and he's obviously, because he's going to be showrunner mm. for quite a significant portion of the show as well, so I just... So Darb's what, 11, 3, 15. 15. Okay, so I will say that the quote, you're dying again, loser, mm-hmm. did inspire a truly delicious thought in my brain. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I'm fascinated. A secret good supernatural that lives in my head where Dean just keeps on accidentally dying and Cass is just getting, like, slowly more and more exacerbated <laughs> as he has to, like, fucking pull him out of hell. Like, <laughs> Wait, so, like, a mystery spot? Yeah. Except that every time, every time, instead of Tuesday just resetting, Cass yeah. has to go <laughs> Oh, I'm obsessed with that. That's hilarious. Like, he'd be so done. Like, <laughs> At a certain point, I think he'd just drop down like a rope ladder and make him climb. <laughs> look, I know that's not what they're gonna do with it because that is a that is a comedy bit. Mm-hmm. But I I I thought it was a really funny thought in my brain, and I wanted to share it. Yeah, it made you laugh, so that has to count for something. Yes, and it's like it becomes like part of like Cass's routine. It's like ah yes. 6am, wake up. Do my skincare. Check if Dean's fallen to fucking hell again. 8am, recover Dean from hell and he's happened to die. 10am, show him some cryptic bit from his past so that Dean understands like a quarter of what's actually going on. Speaking of comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode had some pretty comedic moments. Yes. But it also had some pretty horrific traumatic moments so where are we going which next? would you like to cover first it's a choose your own adventure jamie trauma or humor or a healthy dose of both okay so i'm gonna lean into any sort of decoding i possibly have and say we're not gonna talk about the trauma we're gonna deal with humor okay so we're gonna divert to a coping mechanism yeah. wonderful <laughs> where would you like to start with the humor well you're the one who suggested humor okay fuck okay they get clocked on their fake names Yes, again. Again. I think I will say though, at least these fake names, mm-hmm. pretty subtle. Mm. Like Perry and Tyler, like pretty common. They're like they're like Aerosmith, but it is logically feasible mm-hmm. that somebody could like be named that. Like it's not like so hyper specific that it's like oh that's your uh, turn. okay my turn. Your turn. <laughs> I talk. Your turn. Tell the podcast. About. Okay, I want to talk about this. Is okay, so this is part comedy, but it's also part Dean queer coding. Okay, yeah. So, do you know where I'm where I'm going? So, <laughs> I want to talk about Linus, who is the cop who is at the desk for the sheriff. He's the one that like yeah. makes them sit and wait. Now, when we first meet Linus, uh, we have his maid Sam and Dean, who he believes are federal agents, yeah. sit and wait to speak to the sheriff, which is fundamentally hilarious. But there's this part where he, like, looks over at them and Dean, like, does the, like, smile thing or whatever. And it's like, okay, like, well, all right, whatever. He's just being, yeah. you know, And obviously, like, I think that scene with the, with Linus is meant to be played as being sort of starstruck. Yeah. By being in the presence of, like, Exactly. Like, like, he's impressed, you yeah. know. He's a little bit flustered. And also, he's, like, feeling, like, a bit, whoo, whoo, because he's made the federal agent sit and wait, you know. <laughs> like, he is having a little power, power moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then, later in the episode, when, when Dean is drunk, drunk, he is full wording, 100%, and Linus is into it, and you cannot convince me otherwise. They're doing the flirty little grins, Linus is fully flushed, Dean is like, you're awesome, he's like drying his hands on his pants, 
you cannot convince me that he is not flirting and Linus is not flirting back. Those two, they're into it. They're into it. And Sam has to drag Dean away. Dean, who is terrified of everything and is sticking to Sam's side like glue unless he is literally running from a perceived danger, did not follow Sam out of that room. Sam had to drag him. I don't care what anyone says. Dean Winchester was flirting with Linus and Linus was into it. Send us your Dean Linus fanfics. 100%. <laughs> literally no one can convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> like, don't even bother trying. Oh, we get another softball. What's with the supernatural writers and fucking softball? Oh, yeah. The fucking game, the game cocks and the corn jerkers. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me think... Maybe in what is and what should never be, dead AU John's <laughs> team was fucking like the corn jackers. Oh yeah, John Winchester played for the corn jackers. <laughs> it's canon, I've decided. I wanted to talk about the Wicked Witch of the West. Elphaba. Elphaba. Thank you. Because when Did there... you not know the name was Elphaba? I did, but I just wasn't thinking about okay. it. I was just going with the Wicked Witch of the West. Okay. So during the episode, they're interviewing uh, someone who knew one of the deceased people. Yeah. And he's saying, oh, he was scared of everything. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, he was scared of witches. And they're like, witches, you say? And he's like, yeah, like, the Wizard of Oz was on TV and he was, like, scared of the green chick. And I, as a child, was also terrified of Elphaba. I was so scared. I, mm, I did not like, I, my mum took me to see a live production of The Wizard of Oz when I was like three and apparently I did not enjoy it. And yeah, as a child, I was like, mm, yes, not a fan. Shout out to Beth's mum though. If you want to take me and see The Wizard of Oz, that's where I like it. <laughs> I went to see Wicked with her many years later and that I loved. Mm. So I think I've grown. But as a child, hoo no, thank you. But also in that list of things that he's scared of, it also included ferrets and Pez dispensers. And with their dead little eyes or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, oh my god, I want to see if I can find my pest dispenser. I used I to have... hiding it with my mum somewhere. I used to have a couple, but I've got no idea where they are now. No idea. Well, I'll go to Woolies and see if you can find a pest dispenser. That sounds like a vibe. We'll take Naomi. Yes, the three of us will go buy pest dispensers and then we'll take them to watch the Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a couple of other little funny moments, like um, bloody uh, Old Man the Flashlight. Yes. And I don't want to be a clue. I I don't want to be a clue is one of my favourite lines. Just the way that it's delivered. I just, very quickly, I also want to say kudos to Jensen. Like, this episode is fucking just... It feels to me kind of like this is Jensen's bad dad, Lycra. Yeah. And it's good, like... And unfortunately for Jensen, the rest of the episode around him doesn't hold up quite as nicely as bad dad, Lycra. Yeah. It just... I think what I'm trying to get at is, like, this episode feels a bit more like... Like, the other one felt very, like, intricately plotted and paced. Mm -hmm. So it felt a lot more sort of, like, intentional. Yeah. Whereas this one just feels like a kind of normal salt and burn Mm -hmm. with the added time crunch of Dina's dying as a result. Yeah. Of this haunting. Like, still good. It just doesn't quite give me the same, like... It's not as cohesive as Bad Day of Blackrock. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I completely understand. I do love this episode. Mm. I really love the whole, like, Dean being, like, I love him. And a ghost. Exactly. Who does that? That monologue. We will talk about later. I saw you writing it down for Mason earlier. We will get there. (laughs) Yeah. But we are talking about funny things first, and that's this pressing us up. So get out, you funny shit now. Okay. 
So um, we can get to the depressing as hell shit because I know that's where you want to go. Do we just... <laughs> God, you know me so well. Do we back and forth? Just Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your turn to go back because okay. I've done... I adore Dean not wanting to go into their fourth floor room because it's high. (laughs) I want to just quickly think about the fact that the smash cut of Sam on the phone to Dean being like, we've got a good plan, immediately cut to Bobby being like, nah, we've got a terrible terrible plan. plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I also love... Am I haunted? I just think that's iconic, beautiful. I also want to shout out to Bobby speaking Japanese. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Sort of like they've taken a few things from Japanese law so far. Makes sense. Although I do wish, like, I I watch Supernatural with the captions on because it makes it easier for taking quotes and stuff. They just have in the caption, speaking Japanese. Oh, well, I know what he says. Do you want to know? Oh, I would love to. So he, he says something along the lines of, I've been speaking Japanese since before you were born. Oh, how do you, do you speak Japanese? Is this from Duolingo? <laughs> no. <laughs> I I was looking up the wiki page for Yellow Fever earlier. And oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I was like, Jamie, is this new Jamie law? I was like, how did I not know this? Okay, no, that no, makes No, I speak sense. French and Portuguese. I have not yet started learning Japanese. Okay. Oh, I love when they are going into the care facility and he's freaking out about being fake FBI. Oh, yeah, which is an appropriate panic because all badges are fake. I know. I love him being like, these these badges are fake. We could go to jail. And I'm like, babe, you've already been. And it was your idea to go. I would also just like to call out, I love the fucking mortician in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) The way he's like, oh, yeah, people keep dying. That's why I have job security. <laughs> and, like, here, hold this heart. Oh, God. The fucking biohazard, though, of just Sam being squirted in the fucking face by the spleen juice. Quote, unquote. Ugh. Atrocious. Oh, I do love uh, Marie the snake who can smell fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Donnie, who's, who's a sweetie. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So, going back to the scene in the morgue with... Sam and Dean, and why Dean gets infected but Sam doesn't? Yes. I have a theory. Oh, okay. What if it's his demon blood, like in Croatoan? Oh, yeah, actually. Mm. Actually, because... Because based on what I can tell, yes, it picks people who are like bullies, quote-unquote, but that's not actually what it is. It's selecting people who use fear to their advantage. Mm. Which, yes, includes Dean, but it also includes Sam. There is no reason, by this definition, for Sam to not also have been infected. Like, Especially because Sam came into direct contact with bodily fluids. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make sense for me for it to infect Sam but not Dean. I also... Unless it's some weird demon blood mumbo jumbo shit. I love the phrase, some weird demon blood mumbo jumbo shit. (laughs) So... I love that theory. I also very quickly want to touch on when Sam like is explaining he and Bobby's theory to Dean and Dean basically says like, so you're saying I'm a dick? And Sam goes, no, it's not just that. (laughs) Which is basically like, yes, I am saying you're a dick, but there are actually more compounding factors. I just think it's funny that that's the way he phrased it. Like Dean's like, what, so I'm a dick? And Sam's like, no. There's more to it than that. Like, obviously, yes, I think you're a dick, but, like... Because, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense based on what they tell us about how it's infecting people and how it's selecting people to infect 
doesn't make sense for it to only infect Dean and not Sam. Because mm. we have just seen that Sam's basically becoming an evil demon in the last <laughs> couple of months as he practices his powers more and more. And like, yes, it's for a noble purpose, mm-hmm. but they're also inherently demonic. Yes, and like Sam, God, the bit when Sam and Bobby are taking out Luther, yeah. which we'll get to that. Horrific. Yeah. In the scene where Dean is really struggling with his hallucinations, yeah. and so he's talking to, he's hallucinating talking to Sam, basically, and he sees Sam's eyes flash yellow. Yeah. The first scene where Sam is saying, you should just die again, bitch, basically, and yeah. then Dean imagines he's strangling him, but really he's just holding him to try and, like, calm him down. Yeah. And he's just imagining Sam as Azazel. Or is it Azazel as Sam? Yes. However, however it is, it's literally like that thing where it's like a zebra is like white with black stripes or black. I don't fucking know. Except actually with a zebra thing, I think they're white with black because their stomachs are white. But that's not the point. (laughs) Fuck, Beverly. (laughs) Stay on track, would you? So my point is, my point is the things that Dean is hallucinating are the things that he's most terrified of. So I already mentioned how he was hallucinating Lilith. He was hallucinating the hellhounds. He's hallucinating the thought of having to go back to hell. And also the thought of reading. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Um, The other thing that he hallucinates is Sam saying to him, no one's possessing me, Dean. This is what I'm going to become. This is what I want to become. And there is nothing you can do about it. And it's Sam. Are they going to pull a Gordon and do the worst fears realized? I don't know, Jamie. (laughs) It's not, it's not, it's not a like demonic royal family. It's just like a reincarnation thing. Oh, so like the reincarnation of Azazel, but in Sam's body? Yeah. Oh, that really taps into Sam's whole like arc of bodily autonomy. Yeah. And basically the constant violation of Sam's bodily autonomy. Ooh, (laughs) Jamie's doing finger guns at me. (laughs) Yes. No. Okay. Love that. Fascinating concept. But no, I just wanted to, I wanted to touch on how I thought that that was interesting, that that was up there with Dean's biggest fears. Having that be like one of the things that he's so worried about. And especially like you were saying with Sam, like leaning into his abilities and stuff. It's, it's fucking fascinating. And then to have at the very end of the episode, when Dean is no longer hallucinating, by the way, Mm. having the yellow flash. And it's like, you don't know if you're seeing like Dean's POV and he's kind of like this, it's literally just the sun hit Sam's eyes wrong and it's like, oh, it's the trigger trauma. the light or the trauma. Yeah. yeah. Or if it's like a genuine, like Sam's eyes did a funny thing, Yeah, you know? And so it's, oh, it's so fucking interesting that like one of Dean's biggest fears is like that Sam wants to embrace this side of him and like, this is what I want to become and that there is nothing that Dean can do to convince him otherwise. Also, insane in an episode that has a weaponized use of the word freak. Yes. Not at Sam. Not at Sam. But still. Yeah. Once more, Sam draws parallels. I want to talk about Luther. Okay. Let's talk about Luther. Let's Let's bring it back and talk about Luther. I hate how this episode handles, like, the actual plot. Unfortunately... The whole sort of like trial by vibes and like Luther was kind of weird and therefore they thought he did it so it was fine that they murdered him thing that they all sort of justified it to themselves as horrifying. Yeah. And I also, I hate that the way they went with this was, oh, the way to defeat the fear is with fear and to make the like ghost terrifying. Yeah. 
why not do the opposite? Why not have it be ghost the way... family therapy? Yeah, ghost family therapy. Why not have it be the way to remove the fear is to make him no longer scared? Yeah. I quite genuinely, this episode confuses me because Luther is very, very, very clearly the victim of a heinous crime. Like, and the way that he dies, it's not like he gets shot and, like, not that that would really make it better, but it, he... At least not, it would have been a quick death. It's, yeah, the way, he, the way he dies is not quick, it is not painless, it is not, like, it's not like he didn't know it happened because he couldn't... See, like, it's not like he was shot from behind in the head and he yeah. just never even knew. Like, he was just physically beaten and dragged by a chain around his neck by a car on gravel until he died. Like, that is particularly horrific and and in all of that he was so he was completely innocent yes and so you have this arc of his character where this happened to him just because he was different and he was the victim of this crime yeah but then he also gets painted as this as the villain somehow like and yeah like you say like he's not treated like a victim They treat him like a monster. And I hate that. Because this show the whole way through has made a point of sometimes the monster, quote-unquote, is not the monster. Like, the monster is, in fact, the situation that they were put in. Or the monster is, in fact, the person who traumatised them. You know? And in this instance, they just completely disregard that. And even though Luther was the victim... They punish him again. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I just, I wish that instead of the solution being to make him relive the most horrific trauma. Like, he's ever experienced. Yeah. Like, can you imagine literally if, the way he died? Can you imagine if the, the way they sold Roadkill was just to get this woman in another car accident? Like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I just, I wish that. Maybe, like, if they had cleared Luther's name or something, then he could have been at peace. I just think that there are so many other ways they could have gone with this particular plot. And it's it's frustrating because, like, the comedic turns of the episode around it are so good. And they're, like, they're written really well and they're executed really well. And it's, it's really enjoyable. But then the actual, like, Monster of the Week plot itself is quite yeah disappointing. And, like, I think it would be fine if they showed that, like, Bobby and Sam had some sort of, like, remorse about Mm. having to put this soul through this horrific trauma again. Yeah. But it's, like, at the very end, it's played off as, like, a joke. It's like, yeah, we rode hauled a fucking ghost. It's like... Yeah. That is horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. And you've just treated it as a big joke. I don't know. For me, I think I would have just preferred it if, like, the thing was rather than defeating fear with fear to defeat fear with calm and acceptance and security. Yeah. Like, to make him feel safe. Yeah. And gain closure. Like, to cut off sort of the source of the fear. Mm-hmm. To make him no longer scared. Yeah. To help him move on. But, like, they were not like, no, we're just gonna... They're like, no, we're just gonna dial the fear up to a million I didn't like the way they treated Luther. It felt very much like a sort of cheap cop-out. Yeah. And it was very much, like, trivialised, which I didn't love. I felt bad for, like, 
usually when you like have like the end of the show or like the end of the story and like the hero defeats the monster you're like yeah because you're on the hero's side and in this one i was like god i just felt bad for luther i was like fuck man this guy can't win even in death you know okay that was depressing (laughs) let's continue (laughs) oh very quickly before we go change topic from luther the cat that dean freaks out about which fucking hilarious it's like luther's cat because, like, in the flashback when they're showing Luther, he picks the little tiny kitten out Aww. of the box. And then later they're in the woodmill and Dean opens the, like, locker. or Sam opens the locker and the cat and he freaks out. And I was like, oh, my God, I never put that together. It's literally Luther's cat. Luther's cat stayed and kept him company at the fucking wood chip mill. Aww. That made me emotional. Mm. Okay, I think we should talk about Lilith. Oh, bit. okay. Yeah. Because uh, I love that child actress. Yeah, she's fantastic. She does such a good job. Mm. She's terrifying. <laughs> like, I am not ashamed to say that I'm scared of that, what, 10-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that really stuck out to me in that, like, that scene, mm-hmm. the way she gives Dean, like, a hug. Yeah. And just how creepy it is, that sort of mockery of, like, Affection? Affection. Yeah. Also, pair that with the fact that I have a feeling that Dean is touch-starved. Because, like, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Dean and being touch-starved. That is... That's a topic of conversation. That boy needs a million hugs. And as onto that, that it wasn't even an actual touch or an affectionate touch... Not only is it not an affectionate, it's not actually a it's touch. It's a hallucination. It's a hallucination. The layers on that ship. The, I love Fucking the, tiramisu. <laughs> I love that even when he's hallucinating, like, his worst fears, he still gets a hug. <laughs> Maybe one of his fears is affection. Maybe he's scared to be loved. Everyone he loves dies. Mm. But yeah, so just, like, the inherent creepiness of that and that entire scene of, like, the hallucinations and the implications of the hallucination and the fact that he's scared of Sam becoming his Azel. Yeah, or like leaning into his demonic tendencies. Yeah. So yeah, we have Sam becoming as Azel or becoming like as Azel. Yeah. Which okay, I'm gonna assume they're not gonna actually tell me the answer to this. But I wanna know, do you think okay, so Sam goes to hell, right? Yeah. Whatever. He dies, he gets judged, he goes to hell, right? At the end of season two? The end of whenever. Oh, just at, at any point. At any point. He okay. goes to hell and he stays in hell. No one saves him. Okay. Right? He stays in hell long enough to become a demon. Sure. When he becomes a demon, would he have yellow eyes? Ooh. Fascinating question. You you know what I'm... You know what yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I don't really Because know. most demons have black eyes. Yeah. And so would he become a regular demon? Or is the fact that he's literally, like, any of the special children... If any of the special children, like, they all die... Correct. But if any of them went to hell when they died, which I'm going to assume at least one of them... At least Ava did. Which, an icon who was robbed. (laughs) Does she become a demon with yellow eyes? Does she become the same type of demon as Azazel? Very possibly, I suppose. So, like, there are three options. They become a regular black-eyed demon. Mm -hmm. They become a yellow-eyed demon like Azazel. Mm -hmm. Or they become a demon with a different coloured eyes because they're not quite... An Azazel yeah. level, but they're also more than a regular demon. Also, what's the tier system for eye colour? Well, like, so Lilith has white eyes. 
Is she more or less powerful than Azazel? More. Okay. So white's at the top. Then yeah. you've got yellow. We also have red at a certain point, but I don't remember where that comes in chronologically. Okay. And I don't necessarily remember 100%. So I know nothing about red eyes. Where do they fall power-wise? If black's bottom and then you got white and yellow at the top. I would I would suggest, from memory, it probably goes white, yellow, red, black. Okay, so they're a step up from black, but they're in not quite of, as level. In terms of demons. Yeah. Because obviously, like, other creatures have different yeah. coloured eyes. Like, I think shifters have yellow eyes, too. And that's, like, different. Oh, but they're not a demon. We're talking specifically demon, demon yeah. eye colour. Like, we're not comparing different species. Mm. We're just comparing different types of demons. Yeah. So, from memory, I think it's, like, it would be top tier would be white, then yellow, then red, then black. Okay. Yeah. I guess the special children... Yeah, I, I would probably put them above black. Yeah. Whether or not they would hit yellow... I don't know. Just because of the way they're made. I don't know. That's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I don't know, maybe they've got like green eyes or something. Like just mm. glowy green or, or blue. blue or maybe orange. Like amber. Somewhere between red and yellow. Yes, no. I don't know about the the eye colour like hierarchy. We'll have to pay attention. Yeah. We'll have to actually pay attention to it as we go. But I do think it's a fascinating idea that like potentially if any of the psychic kids died and then subsequently became demons in full whether or not they would have, like, a power advantage, you know? Because it's about the soul at that point, not necessarily the, like, physical physiology. And so then the question becomes, does the demon blood impact the physiology or does the, it have an impact on the soul too? Because well, you've got to imagine that it's not a one-way street. It's not just, like, the soul controls the body. The body has to have some impact on the soul. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it would taint your soul... Yeah. To a certain extent, to have the constant exposure to the demonic. And then it would, like, that would confirm caveat number two in my Sam Sam has changed because he was in hell for too long theory. It would confirm that Sam did, in fact, go to hell. Interesting. Well, okay. In that case, if, this is coming back to what we are talking about at the top of the episode, but do you think that Dean is then, if he was there for 40 years? I don't quite understand what you're asking. So, because you think that Sam has changed, yeah. having been in hell for essentially two months by our yeah. maths, do you think Dean has changed, being having been there for four decades? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But I don't think Dean has changed in the same way Sam changed. Cool. Does that make sense? Yes and no. So, yes, they were both in hell. Dean for considerably longer than Sam, but also... Sam has the demon blood. Okay, so it comes down specifically to the demon blood. Yeah. Okay. Whereas, like, you know, it. I hate to say this, but Dean's more comparable to John. <laughs> I love that you're, like, reluctant to say that sentence. <laughs> no, 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 fuck that. We're not talking about John on this podcast. He can die in hell. I don't care. Dean's more comparable to Bella. Okay. Who we also know is in hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. And we also know she's in hell for basically the exact same circumstances yeah. as Dean, Dean, a.k.a. dragged to hell by hellhounds because... Of a deal. Yeah. Yes. I do very quickly want to just touch on the fact... This is, by the way, completely irrelevant to what we've been talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm diverting. Very, Nothing we talk about is relevant. I very quickly want to just mention that I miss Dean wearing jewellery. I don't know why in this episode it stood out to me that he was wearing, like, rings and a bracelet and... 
and his necklace. For some reason, this particular episode, it was just very apparent to me. And having watched more like late season stuff when he doesn't have those accessories, seeing them really made me miss them. I don't, I like, I know that he's been wearing jewelry all the way up to this point that we've done the podcast, but for some reason it was just very apparent to me in this episode in particular, and I just miss it. I love Dean's jewelry. I didn't notice Dean's jewelry, the lighting was too dark. Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> At this point, I have like four jokes and they just like cycle through. Oh, and obviously the iconic Eye of the Tiger moment. Yeah. There's not really anything to discuss on it, I just, we have to mention it. Look, I have heard many stories over the years about how the uh, Supernatural set wasn't necessarily the most efficient or productive. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Much like this podcast. It's, it's, it's interesting to see that they're literally like, oh, we're going to just attach this evidence of how much we fucked around on the set <laughs> to the actual episode. Like, yeah, I love the fact that that's not just on the blooper reel. Like, it's attached to the episode. Like, it's it's part of the episode. Like, if you watch it literally anywhere, it's going to be attached. Like, yeah. it's not... It's like a Marvel fucking end credits It scene. really is, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to touch on uh, around... Not the, obviously, the, the blooper of Jensen singing Eye of the Tiger at the end of the show, but... For the actual part of the show that they use that scene for. Yeah. Uh, where he is listening to Eye of the Tiger in the in the motel car park. Uh, because the fourth floor is too high. The fourth floor is too high for our poor baby Dean. Sam brings him food and yeah. he literally tosses it away. And even once he like picks it back up, he looks at it and puts it away again. Yeah. And I think this is the first and only time we've seen Dean turn down perfectly acceptable food. Even when the literal fucking pagan deities offered him peanut brittle yeah. in a very supernatural Christmas, he was fully going to take that until Sam was like, Dean, maybe no. But in this episode, I think it is the first time we've seen him turn down food ever. That's how you know something's really wrong. Yeah. Like, like there's really not much else to say on it. I just wanted to point it out because we've sort of been watching and we've talked about Dean and his food security and like the way that it crops up a lot through the various episodes and for his character and the relevance of it. I just thought it was worth pointing out that he actually does take perfectly good acceptable food and chooses to not eat it. Mm -hmm. And even like it actually cuts to a shot of Sam's expression and he's like surprised. Yeah. Like there's certainly a look of like, oh, that was unexpected at Dean tossing Dean never says no to food. Why? Like, yeah, exactly. So I just, I just thought it was interesting and worth mentioning. I find it really funny, though, that on this podcast I made two valid character analysis points and you bring them up, like, every episode. Because they're really valid. Surely not revolutionary, though. I mean, no, but, like, interesting and worth tracking. Oh, and also this is completely unrelated to anything I was just talking about, but I do... It's the vibe for the pod. At the very end of the episode, Dean is only wearing, like, the Henley. Like, he's wearing his one layer of vulnerability. It's like we talked about how Bobby was naked without the hat. Yeah, right. And Sam is wearing a denim button-down. And do you know what? I kind of love it. Like, Sam's doing full double denim. He's wearing jeans and then a denim shirt. And I kind of love the it's denim shirt. tuxedo. <laughs> I kind of love the denim shirt. I'm not going to lie. I think it looks good. And I don't know if that's just me being sleep deprived or what, but I liked it. In this episode, Dean has a real moment of clarity about how batshit it is to be hunting supernatural things. <laughs> His, like, absolute monologue. Yeah. Yeah. I do just want to say it to refresh the class of what 
what was said. Yeah, I my note for this scene is that I literally just wrote basically almost verbatim Dean's monologue. Okay, pull out your jacting Joyce's. My j- <laughs> Give it a go. I am not gonna voice act, but I will. I will read the text in case anyone hasn't seen the episode recently. recently. So basically, to set the scene, Sam and Dean are going out to the Impala, and Dean is like having a little, a little quarter life crisis yeah. essentially, and he says, "What are we doing?" And Sam goes, "Hunting a ghost." And Dean's like, "Exactly. Who does that?" Sam's like us, and he's like, right, and that Sam is exactly why our lives suck. I mean, come on, we hunt monsters. What the hell? Normal people see a monster, they run. But no, not us. No, no, no. We search out the things that want to kill us, or eat us. You know who does that? Crazy people. We are insane. Then there's the bad diner food, and the skeevy motel rooms, and the truck stop waitress with the bizarre rash. I mean, who wants this life, Sam? Seriously, do you like being stuck in a car with me eight hours a day, every single day? I don't think so. I drive too fast and I listen to the same five albums over and over and over again and I sing along and I'm annoying and I know that. And you, you're gassy. Half a burrito makes you toxic. You can forget it. Stay away from me, Sam, because I'm done with it. I'm done with the monsters and the hellhounds and the ghost sickness and the damn apocalypse. I'm out. I'm done. I quit. End scene. Intense. Intense. And I would love to point out that that very last line, I'm out, I'm done, I quit, is 100% Jamie coded. <laughs> I've said that verbatim at least six times or so far on the podcast. And it did make me laugh when I saw it. <laughs> okay, let's go from the top. So first point Dean makes, insane to be hunting monsters. Yes. Like not a rational thing. No, they're insane. And I love that Dean is like, he's monologuing like he's having a mental break but it's probably the most clarity either of them have had in these four seasons because he's right like normal people see a monster and they run but not them they search out the things deliberately that want to kill them and you know what that is a bit insane oh yeah absolutely bonkers like they are just like and like mind you the thing is that it's not like they're just like protecting like a small town or something no they're not like buffy no they're not just like in a specific geographical location. It's not like, like an area code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like out here and they're driving like six hours to face down something that's probably gonna kill them. Like, mm-hmm. And then of course like there's everything that comes along with that. Like he's saying, like the motel rooms and next section. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All <laughs> let's, of the let's other, break it down. All of the other shit that comes along with it, like the diner food and the motels and to be fair, that last one though, that that that's Dean's choice. He yeah. doesn't have to sleep with the truck stop waitress who did the weird rush. Like yeah. that was just the debatable choice on his behalf. Yeah, he didn't have to by any means. Like was not. He wasn't obliged. No, no. But the yeah, it's like the things that come along with the hunting lifestyle that like are kind of romanticized, I guess, by the show. But like in reality, would be just so shit. Like moving like, every three days or whatever, every week to live essentially out of your car, at a different motel room, like, never having a home-cooked meal, you know, always eating at, like, 2am in, like, backstreet fucking 24-hour diners. I... The show kind of... I mean, it's television. You don't... You don't really think about the reality of it, but, yeah, it would fucking suck. Okay. So, I know vaguely that, like, Chuck is controlling their lives at least from a distance, to make them more convenient. Like, he 
helps them along with a lot of things to make their lives yeah. more entertaining for him. Yeah, you're you're familiar with uh, uh, the larger background plot of season fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So okay, God is at this point controlling their lives so everything's more convenient, and also sort of adding to their ignorance of just how batshit it is. Imagine if getting the ghost sickness is one of those things where, it, like, it weakened God's control over Dean. Ah, so this is like kind of more him speaking from. Yeah. Interesting. Actually, that's pretty relevant because one of the things that I wanted to talk about regarding it was that very much like Dean being drunk this episode and like lowering his inhibitions and him flirting with Linus, like the fear is like lowering his ability to like perform. Like he can't perform his like usual charade because he's too scared. Like he's too preoccupied with being terrified that he can't put energy into performance. So, like, a lot of this stuff is stuff that he would never admit in any other scenario, except that his inhibitions are lowered and he's, like, too scared to care about the facade. So it's interesting that you make that kind of, like, connection to, like, well, maybe this was somehow, like, made him less controllable, I guess. Like, maybe it was a... Or even if it's, like... God sort of let go of the reins a little bit mm. because it was justified. To be honest, he's probably just enjoying watching the meltdown occur. Yeah, like there is no reason for God to try and keep him shoved into this little box. Yeah. If it's enjoyable for him to be out of the box, yeah. but also to have a reason to be out of the box other than just... Yeah, it's it's a way... And replace every time I just said box with closet. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's an interesting narrative way for Dean's character to be able to express something that normally he wouldn't, that can be like then sort of removed. Yeah. It's like having someone confess something when they're drunk. Like, their inhibitions are lowered. Like, they may not necessarily admit it when they're sober. Yeah. But when they have less of a filter... If they're drunk or high or tired or... Yeah, or injured. stressed... Yeah, or yeah. Injured. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Peak. Womp. <laughs> they may be more likely to, you know, express these, like deathbed confessions. Yeah. There's a reason they're deathbed confessions. Because they never have to face the consequences for them. Yeah, you know, and, and same with, with this, like, Castillo Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> like, I love you, but fuck you. <laughs> well, now I'm just sad. <laughs> to carry on <laughs> that's the name of 15 20 can't deal with that anyway it's you Brute. now you're just combining different fandom events <laughs> you may as well start talking about like how i'm gutted <laughs> i'm gonna burst a vein <laughs> anyway the last part of this little monologue really gets me because he starts like calling himself out for, like, his own irritating behaviours. And he, like, knows that he's, like, fully aware of the behaviours and the fact that they're irritating. I also love the fact that he lists, like, four different things off for himself and one thing for Sam. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know that I am the most annoying person on the face of this planet, but Sam, the only possible thing I have on you is that sometimes you fart. (laughs) I, I see a lot in fandom about how, like, the fandom baby girlifies Dean. Mm-hmm. Dean baby girlifies Sam. Yes, he does. 100%. 
I love this monologue for so many reasons. I think it's, first of all, I think it's funny, but it's also depressing. Like, it's it's hilarious on surface, like, face value. And then you think about it a little bit and it's, like, quite upsetting. But also Jensen's delivery of it is just phenomenal. And then, like, Jared's, like, reaction expressions are just great. And, yeah, I just... It all adds up to make a really entertaining scene. And then you think about it for 30 seconds and you're like, oh, this is depressing as fucking shit. Yeah. And it also really compounds that thing of, like, if Dean had a choice, he wouldn't choose hunting. Yeah. Like, he just... He wouldn't. Like, he says it so many times here. He's like, who does that? Crazy people. Like, why would you do that? We are insane for choosing to do this every day. You know? But then, of course, at the end of the episode... Macho man. It's all back to the bravado of, I'll hunt anything. You know? And it's like, but you don't want to. Sweetie baby. You don't want to. Like, just because you can doesn't mean you have to or that you should or that you enjoy it, even. Not to say that he doesn't enjoy the hunt. I think he does. But I also think that if he had the choice between hunting and, like, a white picket fence, he'd pick the white picket fence. Every 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 character we've met so far that's a hunter, it's been sort of like, other than um the two hunters that we meet that are married uh, back oh, in... Yes, uh, in the first episode of season three. Yeah. Every other hunter we've met at this point their backstory is literally like, oh yeah, I was married once. Something supernatural killed her. Yeah. <laughs> like, it holds true for John, Bobby, and Sam. Even uh, Ellen. Even Ellen. Yeah, because it's Bill who dies. Yep. Yeah. Although, to be fair, we don't know why Bill got into hunting. No. And it can't have been because his wife died unless he was married before Ellen. But <laughs> it's just like... I'm assuming with Samuel Campbell and that, Mary's parents. Mm-hmm. Doesn't uh, Samuel apply. and Deanna. Samuel and Deanna doesn't apply to them, I'm pretty sure. But also, they seem to be, like, generational hunting. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I think that it's, like, that's definitely his, a family business thing. His his grandmother could have been murdered by something supernatural, you know? like yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Passing it down. Okay, so I think that just about does it for this week's episode. Jamie, how would you rate this episode out of five? I think I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. That's a, I think that's fair. Like, solid... Good, but not great, you know? No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. This one, um, I think it definitely has, like, some highs. Yeah. But I think over, like, just the the Luther plot for me, like, yeah. personally, does knock it down. Like, I think I'd probably give it a three and a half, too. Like, the humor is fantastic, but... Is it worth everything else? Yeah. The next episode is called It's the Great Pumpkin Sam Winchester. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, opinions, fears? I don't know anything, but I've heard the name. Okay. I've heard the name of this episode. Mm -hmm. So as far as I know, first up, my guess is it's going to be something sort of Halloween-y themed. Okay. Yeah. Because the pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah. Halloween. And I'm pretty sure it's also a reference to, is it a Christmas movie that it's a reference to? I have no idea. It's probably a reference to something, but I've never looked into it and I didn't recognize it. Yeah, but no, I think it's going to be something Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go to, like, a costume party or something and they're trying to pick out, like, the monster amongst all the people in the monster costumes. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. fun. But no, I've heard about it in fandom spaces mm. and I've heard there's a big yikes moment in it. Like, it's a good episode, but it's got a big yikes moment in it. I don't specifically remember. I guess we'll find out. We'll find I guess out. we'll find out. Also, 
I have decided that I want to add an extra question to this little bitty bit at the end of our episode. Okay. Do I, I? It's a Jamie prediction, but it's a very, it's a very, it's a fun one. It's not like a serious one. Do we think that we will get Cass in the next episode? Because from this point on, it's it's like, do are we going to get Cass next episode? I I hope we have Cass next episode, but do we? So I just want to get a guess. Cass, yay or nay? Hopefully, and I think we will just because it's been a while since we've seen Cass. Mm, okay. So it's sort of like they've like diverted the main plot a little bit now that they're going to return to the other aspect of the main plot. Okay, cool. So we think that it's something Halloween-y. We think Cass will be there. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Okay, so that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so very much for listening. If you wanted to get in touch with us, you can always feel free to hit us up on any of our socials. The links are in the description. And topics of conversation in could include... Some weird demon blood mumbo jumbo bullshit. <laughs> uh, your favourite Dean and Linus fix. <laughs> Ghost family therapy. Other episodes where it'd be relevant. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and hopefully we have you back again next week. Bye. Bye.